And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Schindler. We got Dave Dufour producing on this track. We're going to talk about some of the guys that we had fun watching in Summer League. And by had fun watching, I mean not seeing the games and then catching it later on tape because Summer League was too insane this year. Uh, And Mark, I want to start with Benedict Matherin because one, I don't think I've ever seen anybody with a name like that in the NBA. And two, I have seen guys with a game like that in the NBA, and those guys are usually good. Yeah, I, I'm excited, man. You know, coming in, I was a uh, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily lower on him, but there were some flaws in his games, particularly in his handle, that um, I think restricted him from being in that upper echelon of guys, and it looked a little bit more refined. He was getting into the paint more, but the I mean the shot making was pretty unreal from him. He, if I remember correctly, ended up first team all SL. Um, was well-deserving. Uh, oh, actually, no, he was second team because he only played three games, not about it. But um, regardless, like the stuff he was doing off the dribble, uh, shooting things contested, um, he shot 38.5% from deep on only four attempts per game. It feels like he was taking seven a game, but he was really fun to watch, man. Yeah, I like him out of the triple threat. Like this is a dude that you see him getting the ball in the elbows in the NBA and he can get into like that quick little jab, then step back jumper. He can put a body into somebody going both ways and get him get his way to the rack. Like he looks like he has a pretty good template of like a wing in the NBA. Yeah, especially as an off ball scorer, somebody slotting in alongside Tyrese Halliburton, who can maybe grow into more on ball reps, depending on how his handle continues to develop. Um Particularly, too, like, I honestly think this, this the Pacers Summer League team is the most athletic group of Pacers players I've ever seen, uh, which, I mean, that also, that's, I mean, that's speaking well on them, but also, I mean, Josh McRoberts <laughs> was, like, the best dunker in the last 10 years we played for the Pacers before Isaiah Jackson suited up last year, so slim pickings, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I think the Pacers have a lot to be excited about, especially with Benedict. So, I guess, coming into Summer League, what were your expectations? I guess not that high, and then how did he change them for you? I mean, I think I had high expectations. I was I was expecting him to come in and play pretty well, but I think it was more just uh, you know, kind of like I hit on. Like I I I didn't expect him to get into the paint out of his own handle as much as he did. Um, he just looked extremely comfortable, and especially too, he's obviously not the same guy as James Booknight, but kind of in that same mold, same archetype. Um, and James Booknight struggled a lot at, at, at summer league last year, so seeing Benedict come in uh, and do some of the things that I wasn't sure how he would handle. Uh, and, and also impressing in some areas as well. Like defensively, to me, like one of the biggest uh, holdups I had with, with other people is that he was not a good defender at Arizona, um, particularly off the ball. He still wasn't awesome here, but I took a lot less notes on on how poor he looked defensively than I did throughout the college season. So I was, I was pretty pleased with that as well. Um, I'm definitely very high on who he's going to be this next year. And I'm, I love the way he goes left. 
like he's one of those guys that it seems like when a defense wants to force him one way, he still could get to the lane that he wants. And that's like a huge part of success in the NBA is like, can the team take away the thing that you do well and force you into something you do poorly? And it seems like he's going to be pretty resistant to that, which is probably going to allow him to be a good scorer. Definitely. And he just moves so well without the ball too. Um, Like it's kind of like watching a receiver, like a really good receiver, like watching, you know, like Brandon Marshall when he used to play, obviously it's not just a strict post fade, but you know, you have, he's really good at setting up guys into screens and, and then jetting off that and to, to give himself some open space. So particularly like, I mean, we saw him dunk quite a few times off backdoor cuts or just doing something off of 45. And we're going to see that a lot for him this year. I've, I've no doubt. Okay. So he was slashing another guy that impressed me with his slashing, which is not what I was expecting. was Trey Murphy. Mm-hmm. New Orleans rookie last year. He was a good stationary shooter. He can do a little bit more than that. But at Summer League, we saw him be a lot. I thought he made some strides really handling the ball under pressure and keeping a body on him as he drove to the rack. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really great point. Like just getting to the interior at all was huge for him, um, especially coming out of Virginia. A guy who was like pretty nutty as a movement shooter for his size. Uh, we saw some flashes of that last year, but scoring inside the arc was like a nightmare for him. Shot 50% from inside the arc. Uh, I mean, just overall this year, including, I mean, at, at SL this year, including being like 27% from deep. I'm not worried at all about the shooting. Like, that was small sample size. He's getting guarded like crazy because he's the number one guy. But like you mentioned, like, you could see a little bit more in his handle. You know, what happens as he gets downhill is still a, it's still an adventure. But the actual scoring prowess that he showed inside the arc, I was really impressed by because that was probably my biggest question I had coming for him into this year. Yeah, like he's he's just big enough that he can just kind of grind his way through the lane. And I guess with those guys, the question is, can they dribble through that like second, third bit of contact in the paint? Or are they going to pick it up and try to take that fade away? And we saw that he wasn't picking it up. It is Summer League, but Summer League's all about progress towards the future mm-hmm. eventually. So I don't expect him to be turning into Brandon Ingram this year, but at least you can expect him to probably be a little bit more than just a shooter running around and spotting up. Exactly. And that's all the Pelicans need. They just need more guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot. And I think, again, passing, uh, we'll still find what, what, what happens with that with Trey. I think that's the biggest uh, work area for him. But like you mentioned, the handle improved. And defensively, too, like he does stuff rotationally that I was excited about last year. I think, um, you know, bodying up bigger guys is still going to be a work in progress for him. But just thinking about what that Pels team could look like this year, unfortunately, EJ Liddell. Uh, not really a timetable on him. I had that unfortunate injury early on at SL, but um, this team is just going to be fun, man. Uh, if, if, I, I answered a Q&A yesterday, and somebody asked me, who if, if one team could win the title next year, that would have me the most happy. And I don't mean this from a fan perspective, but if the New Orleans Pelicans somehow won an NBA title next year, I would uh, that there would it would be like a high never before seen. Harold and Kumar wouldn't have shit on me. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, but it would be very awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, th- it'll be nice to see Zion get one before he leaves for the Nixon free agency. So <laughs> that'll be good. Um, okay, so let's talk about the Knicks and Quentin Grimes, their biggest star, the man that they won't even trade Donovan Mitchell. No, I'm kidding. They're going to trade Donovan Mitchell for if they can. But uh, Quentin Grimes has been good. Like, the dude showed off a, a really ferocious pull-up game, some really impressive ball handling to kind of cross guys up and find where he wanted to get to to the rim. Like, Quentin Grimes looks like he's rounding out into a very nice all-around offensive player. Yeah, I'm excited for him, man. Like, I really liked him last year. Um, I was a fan of his at Houston, but, again, he even – I mean, he blew me out of the water 
as a rookie, what he did defensively. Like he's a guy who I think is going to get real all defense uh, mentions as time goes on as in his career with the way that he sheds screens and keeps the ball in front is just re- remarkably impressive to me. But more so, like you mentioned, I mean, this was more about what he was doing as a ball handler. And it's kind of crazy, too, because, like, obviously you can look at, you know, what he's doing, like 41, 31, 60, 69, very nice, 69 splits um, <laughs> are not exactly like anything to write home about. But considering how much he had the ball and what he was doing for the Knicks, um, the near SL championship Knicks, uh, just, you know, one step too far. Um, but this was a guy who coming into Kansas was billed as a five-star recruit who was supposed to be a primary ball handler, really struggled with that. And he's kind of tapping into some of that again. Again, like obviously he's he's not going to be somebody who is commanding high, high usage, but he's showing more ability to really handle the ball, get get inside the arc and make things happen. Um, and I think that's what this Knicks team really needs. They just need more guys who are not one-dimensional. We know what he can do as a shooter, but adding even more off the bounce and being able to create a little bit and move the ball, it's, it's going to be huge. So I'm, I'm excited for him for sure. You've probably seen Quinton over the years back when he was even in high school. Why do you think he was – I mean, you, you explained why he was a five-star recruit. Why do you think some of these five-star recruits fall off the way they do and then they come into the league and they have a different kind of – I guess like a different agenda to what their game is supposed to be, kind of like Jaden McDaniels is having success with this right now where he was like a – he was supposed to be another Michael Porter Jr. kind of player when he was in high school. Now look at him. He's like the exact opposite kind of player. And it feels like Grimes has kind of reshaped what the idea of his game is going to be and now it's starting to blossom a little bit. I think it's tough, man. Like one of the things that I, I've I've thought about the most, and I was talking about this with uh, Mike Neighbors, who's Kel- who was Kelsey Plum's college coach at, at University of Washington the other day, um, and he mentioned when Kelsey first came to UW, like she was all about like I need to get better at every single thing while I'm doing this. And then he mentioned, you know, like the the way that she really got better is I'm gonna get really damn good at this one thing I'm doing right now and go from there because. And, and honestly, in talking to anybody who's developed in, in, in any professional league, like that's been the way for them. Like it's so hard to get good at eight different things. Like you have to really hone in on on one thing. And I think for Quentin, that was, I mean, he was a pretty shaky shooter when he first started off at Kansas. And then when he transferred to, to Houston, growing as a shooter and just becoming more of a, a role player who attacks closeouts and, and could eventually run some secondary pick and rolls, like that's how he found his game again. And now like we're seeing him blossom out from that. So I think a lot of it is just, you know, when you come in and you've, you've been that star athlete and you have um, all that ability, like there's still the raw ability there. But I think in terms of uh, there's, there's I mean, there's always going to be limitations to a degree. Like he's not the most bursty guy or anything, but um, really honing in his handle and, and de- developing reads out of his playmaking um, because of what he's getting out of pick and roll and, and how dynamic he is as a shooter. Like, I think it's just allowing him to adapt and create new avenues for his game. So I think it's a, at least that's how I would probably look at it because it's guys just having to find new avenues to, to hit their potential for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's get to the guy that everyone has been talking about coming out of Summer League. That's Keegan Murray. The Kings, they took him instead of Jaden Ivey. Everyone universally agreed that they were on the fence about it. It was was a bit of a mixed reaction to it. And he ends up winning Summer League MVP. And honestly, the funny thing is when I'm going back and I'm watching his tape, I'm thinking, oh, that's so nice. Sacramento finally has somebody like Harrison Barnes on their team. So I'm curious what you think of Murray's game. Because he kind of (laughs) reminds me a little bit of Harrison Barnes, honestly. It's kind of funny. I do see that. Um, I would almost say, like, to me... It's it's funny because I don't remember who originally threw this out on Twitter, but I wrote something about it the other day, especially watching him. I'm biased because I grew up a Pacers fan, but um, he reminds me a lot of watching Danny Granger in terms of like, he's not somebody who's like elite at getting to the rim or anything, but he's got really good touch. His one to two dribble combos are pretty damn elite, you know, from sidesteps. Um, he started showing more in that. Like, I think he, he had a lot of really fun flashes as a shot creator and, um in ways to get a shot off at, at Iowa. But in terms of actually like creating offense for others, I don't think that's his game. He showed more of that here, but in terms of like a more refined handle, getting uh, his, his, his pickup points were farther into the paint than I was used to seeing. Um, so to me, it was just like, you saw a lot of things come to fruition from just really good development over the summer. Uh, it's not the same thing, but similar to me to Scotty Barnes, like Scotty went from somebody who I had concerns about whether or not he'd really ever be able to, handle any kind of usage in the NBA to he's taking fadeaways and uh, you know, creating from the mid range during summer league last year. And to me, Keegan's done that kind of same thing in terms of going from somebody who to me had real upside, but felt more limited or farther away than I probably gave him credit. And I probably put too much credence into that. Um, (laughs) And he just, I mean, he tore it up, man. SL MVP. He was, he was awesome. And the defense was really good too. Like, He's not elite at staying in front of guys, but he's really good at using his size and, and making rotations and just being in the right way. And um, I mean, he's going to come in and be a plus starter pretty much ASAP as far as I'm concerned. I love that Granger comp and also mentioning Scotty Barnes because the thing I noticed watching him was he has this like long, tight jump shot release. And Granger, yeah. what was always interesting about watching him was he just it felt like it almost felt like he was like kind of like like clenching up his body to get off his jumper in yeah. like the narrowest space possible and i see a little bit of that with with uh with uh, keegan murray and murray what i like and matherin is probably even better with this with the way he flips his hips and keeps his chest out but murray i feel like he's always operating in a bit of a split stance he's always got his hips kind of flipping back and forth and it just it just makes him more potent it gives him more versatility allows him to pull up even better and we just saw he was able to pull up over and over and over again and i think he surprised me with that a little bit more than i expected and just like his his persistence like the dude is involved in moving and just patient at all times and i know that a knock on him was that his athleticism wasn't eye popping, but I'm one of those people that doesn't really care much about athleticism. I care about your feel and your control and your pace. And he clearly showed he has all those things. Yeah. I mean, that was a cool part too, because like you mentioned, the athleticism, like if you can compare him as an athlete, he's like, if Marcus Morris was slightly better as an athlete, like that was like one of the other, <laughs> I'm not a big comp person, but like, I remember texting with somebody like one day during the college and I'm like, oh, he's kind of like the slightly more athletic third Morris brother. And um, like he has a pretty good jump, especially like he's got a good vertical athlete, good second jump too. 
Um, lateral quickness isn't like insane from him, but like you saw a little bit more with his burst and being able to get downhill. And um, I felt like his shin angles and ability to actually generate power were a lot better. Um, like his drives are still a little bit out of control, but he's getting separation. Like we saw in the OKC game, he was really creating separation. Chet Holmgren absolutely eviscerated him a few times as, uh, as I think we're going to see a lot in the NBA for anybody. Um, but again, like, like you mentioned, just what he's able to do, like coming off twirl actions, you know, operating as one of somebody who should have been billed as one of the best shooters in the draft. Um, he, he's really impressive, man. I'm, I'm very excited for the Kings this year. Mark Schindler is very impressive. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the show. Dave Dufour made us sound good. I'm Jared Weiss. We'll see you next time on The Dig on the Athletic NBA Show. Yeah, no, that felt good. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.